This is the conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount. And it is an invitation. This is the invitation that Jesus is giving at the end of a fantastic sermon. And I've never noticed just how short this sermon really is. It's about three and a quarter pages in my Bible. And I've been told that uh, you can read it out loud in 12 and a half minutes. Some people say you can read it out loud in 10 minutes. I don't think they're from the South. <laughs> I think it may take me 18 minutes to read it out loud. But still, it's a short sermon. And yet it is so packed with the power of God for all of life. So much so that whenever he gets to this point, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Therefore, that's showing this is the conclusion. This is his invitation. And he invites us to make sure that we are building our lives on the right foundation. And he says, if you're wise, you're going to build your life. You're going to base everything that you do on these words of mine. You don't have to. You can't be like the foolish man, he says, who built his house on the sand. And then he says, and the storms came and the house built on the firm foundation stood and the one that was built on the sand on the shaky foundation fell. Many of you went through a storm this past week and so you can uh, you can relate to how terrible a storm can be. A lot of you were affected in different ways and have loved ones that were affected in different ways uh, by the storm that came through. And uh, in fact, how many of you lost your power? Let's see your hands. Okay, about 50% of you lost power. But the thing is, you can identify, you know that storms can be brutal and uh, that uh, sometimes houses can't stand. Let me tell you, this is not referring just to salvation, though. Uh, many people want to take this passage and say that Jesus is talking about either you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell, that the storm is at the end of the age whenever uh, uh, God uh, brings about judgment on those who uh, uh, have not uh, followed Jesus. Well, that may be part of the package uh, because uh, being on the right foundation begins with salvation. Let's face it, you're not going to be on a firm foundation if you're building your life on anything else. But as it says here, and he backs up a bit, and he says, uh, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. 
and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life and there are few who find it. And then he gives us an indicator. He says, uh, beware of the false prophets who come. And he says, he says, basically, you can tell which foundation a life's built on by its fruit. You can look at the fruit of that life and you can tell whether someone has entered through the narrow gate or going through the wide gate. And uh, notice that he does say, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Wonder why they don't find it. You know, I think part of the reason why they don't find it is because of blindness. We've talked uh, two sermons. We've mentioned spiritual and traditional blindness, keeping people from finding the narrow way. And we've seen uh, people who haven't come into the wonderful life that God has to offer them because they've been blinded by false teaching, just as he says here. And so we need to be looking at ourselves. We need to be looking at our lives and we need to make sure that we are building our lives on a right foundation. Now then, there's hope here. If a house falls down, what can you do? You're not going to just go live under a tree, are you? You're going to build another house. And uh, this is the hope that I, I see in all this. And, I, and, I, and, and I'll just go ahead and just kind of spit this out and then get back to the rest of it. But Jay Adams, one of my favorite Christian counselor, mentor, slash uh, wonderful people. Uh, he said that he likes to refer to when a, when a marriage falls apart, when a relationship falls apart, when a life falls apart. He likes to refer to those things instead of breakdowns. He likes to refer to them as breakups. Because if something breaks down, if something falls apart, it's because it wasn't put together right, was it? And you have the opportunity when it falls apart, when it falls down, when it breaks down, to put it back together better than it was before. And, uh, and this is so true. And I'll have a lot of people that'll come in uh, for uh, marital counseling. And sometimes they're not even Christian. And I have to tell them, I can share principles with you. I can share uh, uh, things that will work to help you put your marriage back together better than it was before. And these principles will work. Scriptural principles work whether you're saved or not. But the thing is, the only way you're going to realize the fullness of what God has for you and to be able to continue on in the way you should is if you have entered in to the life that he has for you. You've got to put God first 
all the time if you want this stuff to work all the time. And uh, sad to say, I have had some people that have applied these principles. They've discovered they worked and they got their, their marriage back on track. And then because they were still living on the wrong foundation, it fell apart again. And so uh, uh, there's, there's, there's more to this than just scriptural principles. Whenever Jesus says these words of mine, he's talking about more than that. You've got to look at the words and the words are talking about a way of life, a way of living. And the most important question I could ever ask you is, is your life built on the right foundation? Is your life fully on the correct foundation? Now, you see, the foundation is everything. Everything. Everything rests on the foundation. And so, uh, and this is just another thing. As we look at this story, we see these guys built their houses. They didn't buy one and move in. There, there are similarities. They both built, apparently, similar houses in a similar location or in the same locale because one storm comes and one falls and one stays up. So you've got similar houses built and the difference is the foundation, what it's built upon. And the storms of life are not just judgment day. Storms of life can hit you through your family, through your friends, through your health, through uh, finances, through all sorts of different ways. Uh, there are all sorts of storms that are going to come in your life. And it's as those storms hit that you see the foundation that people's lives are built on. You can see someone facing death with peace because their life is built on the rock. You can see someone facing death in fear and agony because their life has not built on the rock and they think it's too late. And yet it's not. It's not. No matter how far along you are in life, you can always start building on the right foundation. You don't have to continue on the wrong foundation. You know, we build our lives from scratch. Board by board, plank by plank, and all those different things that we put into our house need to be put on that right foundation. You know, I was thinking about this it seems like there's all sorts, when you look at foundations, you can see, in fact, there's a house that somewhere, I don't remember where it is, I've seen recently, part of it's built on a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a slab, and the other part's built on a pier and beam. And so you can have mixed foundations even under houses, and I can imagine you can have, I wonder how many houses in California are built on rock and sliding mud, you know, I mean, and so, but the thing is, if it's built just on, uh, you've got to be all on the rock. 
And how we wash houses, you get to every year, we see houses slide down mountains because they were built on the wrong foundation or they were just halfway on the right foundation and they weren't secure. So we build our lives from scratch. And uh, uh, the thing is, we all start with the same material. You know, we may be in different homes, we may be in different environments, but we all have a life. And it's up to us and our responsibility to build it properly. Uh, in the last day's newsletter, Leonard Ravenhill told about a group of uh, tourists that were visiting a uh, very quaint village and they walked by an old man sitting on a fence and uh, one of the tourists asked, were any great men born here in this village? And the old man replied, nope, only babies. <laughs> and you know what? That's it. That's it. We're not born fully developed. We build our lives. And the, the good news is, if we've built on the wrong foundation, we can start building on the right foundation. Uh, and the thing is, we never stop working on it. All the way through our life, we're going to be working on this building that we're building. Sharon and I bought our first house whenever I retired. And my goodness, I did, you know, before I just always tell the trustees and they took care of anything that was wrong in the parsonage. Now then, whenever I'm sitting there, when I remember just the last thing that happened, I was sitting in my easy chair in the living room and all of a sudden water began to drip on my foot. And, I, and, and we've got a two-story house. And so it wasn't a leaky roof. And it turns out that uh, there was a, a problem in a line upstairs going into the bathtub that was right above where I was sitting and the water was coming down. So now that every time I sit in my chair, I see this seam with a crack in it uh, where the uh, water came through the uh, uh, sheetrock and keep thinking, yeah, I've got to do something about that. Every time I sit there. Now, let me tell you, there may be some things in your lives that are just like that seam that I keep looking at. Something's not right in your life and it needs to be worked on. And you keep saying, yeah, I've got to do something about that. And you don't get around to it. And so you see it every day. You come across it every day. And one of the things the Lord's calling us to do today is to start noticing those seams, those leaks, those faulty pipes. Uh, even if our house is built on a firm foundation, there are other things that we need to work on as well. And this is part of the Christian life. It goes on, doesn't it? And uh, uh, Paul, he says, uh, not that I have already attained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. We move on. 
we move on and we're all moving on toward that high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In my house, my high calling comes from Sharon, who's always pointing out one more thing that needs to be done. You know, so <laughs> that we all agreed to when we moved in that we would do them. And I just haven't gotten around to it yet, you know. So uh, anyway, there are those things that we just have to do. But uh, in, in our own lives, like I say, just as uh, uh, is there things in my house that need to be done, there are things in my life that the Lord keeps reminding me I need to work on and I need to do. When Pablo Casals reached 95 years of age, a reporter threw this question at him. Mr. Casals, you are 95 and the greatest cellist that ever lived. Why do you still practice six hours every day? Mr. Casals answered, because I think I'm making progress. <laughs> and isn't that the way it is with us? Even though we've been walking with the Lord for decades, we never quit working on our relationship with him. We never quit working on the house that we have built. And we're going to continue to do so until he comes again. You know, I'm going to go ahead and just wrap up today. Uh, this is the beginning of a series that I'm going to be preaching uh, based on foundations for living. And all those different things that maybe, uh, maybe you haven't heard the Lord call your attention to these things yet. But I'm going to be looking at those things that uh, the Lord has said in his word, make for good relationships. They are basically those principles and all that I uh, use in counseling with people whose marriages are in trouble whose lives are falling apart, uh, because it's not just marriages, it's life. These foundations apply in so many different ways. And we're going to be looking at these through the next weeks. And so uh, uh, I encourage you to, to follow along with me as we find those uh, cracks in our ceiling and those, uh, those other things that need to be done in our lives. And also ask ourselves, what foundation am I really working off of? Am I working off of God's foundation or my own? And uh, I just want to uh, conclude with this poem that uh, I ran across, I don't know how long ago. It was written, the author, uh, C.T. Studd, was a missionary who passed away in 1931. It's called Only One Life. And it does summarize everything that I'm trying to get across today. Two little lines I heard one day traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one soon 
Will its fleeting hours be done? Then in that day, my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. <laughs> Only one life, a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears. Each with its days I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. When this bright world would tempt me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep in joy or sorrow, thy word to keep. Faithful and true, whate'er the strife, pleasing thee in my daily life. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love with fervor burn, and from the world now let me turn. Living for thee and thee alone, bringing thee pleasure on thy throne. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Now let me say, thy will be done. And when at last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say, "'Twas worth it all. Only one life, twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Amen.